All and right. here we are. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Podcast time, everybody. Hey, hey. No, <laughs> no. That's me. <laughs> I hate you. Here we go. Podcast time, everybody. Mike Tech Studios. Episode 29. Acting the part, dancing to and becoming the music. And, and featuring a very special, special guest, guest, the one, the only, Kenny Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, cats, kittens, and doggies of all ages, thank you for tuning in to yet another great episode of the Mike Tech Studios podcast. Today's topic, believe it or not, we're going to delve a little bit more into the creative space, acting the part, dancing to, and becoming the music with our guest, Kenan Butler, singer, actor, dancer, songwriter, director, performer. I've run out of slashes. <laughs> Kenan is coming in from the University of SUNY Buffalo, majoring in musical theater. His off-Broadway performances of Susical, Wickersham, and Pinball Lad, regional theater performances including Hairspray, Grease, Into the Woods, and providing his voice, his energy, and his overall being to theme parks, cruise ships, and shows with Carnival, Celebrity, Norwegian, Holland America, Universal Studios Japan, the Disney Cruise Line, and not to mention a gentleman that I am proud to say that I've known for over 15 years now. Over 15 years. Shannon, welcome finally to the podcast. I am, as you can tell, very, very happy to, to have you on. Yes. This, is, this has been a couple of years in the making for anybody listening. Kenan is a very, very busy individual. <laughs> if you haven't noticed by the intro, oh I had to actually gosh. take two or three breaths. Yeah, it's so strange to hear the parts of your your resume read back to you. That's so strange. Right? It's so weird. <laughs> if we had that with each meeting, I think that would be a little bit more enjoyable if you did that way. Like, you know, it's almost like contestants for like MMA. And in this corner, <laughs> right, we have the undefeated creative champion, this side of the Disney Cruise Line. Hailing from Newburgh, New York, it's Ken Butler. There you go. And then you come out with your Apollo shorts on, you know. <laughs> I had yeah, the music, which, you know what I mean? I was always down for football, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love these shorts. They were very loud. He he was a little bit, you know, he got in the ring. He talked a lot of stuff, but I, I think that his shorts were loud, just as loud as his as Just his as loud as I actually am in real life. <laughs> this, Ladies and gentlemen, that is a, can we fact check that? Yes, we have a live fact check that is 100% accurate. So anybody that knows Kenan obviously knows how loud this individual is, but in personality and volume before we get to that, let's, let's start from the beginning as most great stories are. It's a very good place to start. 
Right? Except for if you're choosing your own adventure, then you kind of keep your thumb. Ha! Where did all of this creativeness show up, happen in the first place? How did all of this start out? My grandmother, uh, my great-grandmother was alive until I was 23, uh, and she had a piano, and my grandmother also had a piano. And so they would babysit me, because I'm a military brat. So uh, when my mom was in basic training or just at work in general, they would babysit me all the time. And I had this ugly, like, late 80s, early 90s tape recorder that looked like a clown. <laughs> and I used to sit at these pianos, and my grandmother would be like, you would just be in there banging. And I would be like, okay, in about 10 more minutes, I'm going to have to cut that off because it's giving me a headache. But then she would be like, but suddenly it stopped banging and it turned into whole songs. And she would be like, you're bro, you're four. What is this? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on here? I feel like like that's my earliest memory. I come from like a super musical family. Nobody performs for a living, but like we used to get together on New, uh, New Year's, on Christmas Eve, and everybody, tone deaf or not, would just sing Christmas carols and laugh. And I think that that always is something that like permeated my spirit and stayed with me because I, if there was ever a time that I felt family and love. It was when we were all getting together singing. If we were singing at uh, Christmas Eve, we were making up, changing gospel songs to uh, make fun of each other. That was awesome and three-part harmony wow. dude like <laughs> my family is ridiculous wow. with that stuff it was really fun and not everybody can sing not everybody can sing and even now half of my family has zero rhythm like <laughs> like <laughs> so rhythmless that they're just in debt just no rhythm but Oof. but it just it was never about that it was always about fun and it was always about love and i feel like that's where all of this grew from that little seed sapling where it all came from and and, and and it's funny how art music and just expressiveness really mm -hmm. I, I mean even food has a way of doing it and that i find to be also a form of art absolutely um, the the overall collecting of folks we always have things that you know uh, separate us, keep us apart, make things difficult. But I mean, your family, I mean, you're talking from the get-go. That's really, oh yeah. that that, was, that made the holidays. I'm sure that was what you look forward to when you guys did get together, right? Even beyond that, because I didn't get to do that often because my mom was in the military and I was in like kindergarten when she was like, we're moving to Germany. Da -na 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 -na. So like those types of memories are things that I just have taken with me like even i want to say like last year last christmas they all my family who lives in michigan which is where i was actually born called me and i was stood outside i was working overnight at this movie theater and i stood outside in the cold and snow of new york city and they sang christmas carols and i just stood underneath a 7-eleven <laughs> sign <laughs> squatted down blended in with with some of the the unfortunate homeless people there and just just was refilled with the memory of all of that, you know, of, of where it all began for me. Ah, memories that, woo. <laughs> it's difficult because, I mean, and, and this is something I only learned about, I think later on mm -hmm. uh, when, when we got to know each other a little bit better about you moving around so much. I mean, you were saying you, you started out in, Ooh, uh, yes. in Michigan, 
You made your way to New York. I mean, you've done tours all over the country. Basically, at this point, almost all over the world. Oh, yeah. Besides where communism, I think, reigns supreme. Try to avoid that. That part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, they're not, they're not um, also sometimes not the most favorable to the, the sun-kissed uh, humans of ah, the world. I that, see. That is also a I thing. see. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the beautiful thing about art. When you are acting out a part, when you are performing a song, when you are creating, um, and I know it's not something you really do, but I'd be curious to see just just painting or or that type of fine art. Brother, nobody wants to see me paint. God, well, God was like, here, you can sing, you can dance. I'm going to make you kind of pretty. We're going to give you all kinds of talents. But, bro, you're, you're, I'm going to make sure that your stick figures are lopsided. Like, that's not a thing that God gave me. I mean, look, you can't have everything. You know, there's got to right. be certain. You only got, what you, you know, when, you, when you're creating a character, you only got like 100 skill points, right? Like, after that, it's just game yes. shark or cheating. Absolutely. Um, oh, I miss Game Shark. Right? Oh, you know, that just hit me in the nostalgia, dude. <laughs> We're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that segues into one of my really great questions that I've personally always wanted to ask you. And mm. just in general, I think folks that are listening and, and, and those that this really, this topic and this episode to really resonate good with or well with, can't say good, can't even, can't even speak <sighs> right or correctly in my own podcast, but hey, editing is great. It's okay. That's what happens when we've been isolated for six months. Right? <laughs> As an actor, mm. what is your greatest accomplishment that you can just say without a doubt, boom, this moment, this performance, this accolade, what is it? Oh, no. Uh, specifically as an actor, yeah. That was very Japanese of you, by the way. I just realized what you said and how you said it. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do that thing. There are actually two moments uh, for me. The thing about the entertainment industry is that it's really art is like a magnified version of society from the things and issues that are happening to cultural stereotypes and things like that. And so it's really easy to get pigeonholed in the business. And I have a big old <laughs> black voice and <laughs> I dance really well. And so in musical theater, that uh, puts me into a certain category. And so I often don't get roles, or at the time, I wasn't getting roles that required much emotional depth. They required me to uh, have the vocal range of a woman and lift people over my head at the same time, but not really digging deep into like the marrow of emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to Japan and we did a second time that I did Into the Woods while I was out there. And to take on the role of the witch, first of all, singing it in the Bernadette Peters key, which is an alto key, and it goes all over the place. So it goes from like legit classical musical theater to like a more belty contemporary place. And 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 you you're rapping and you're you're hot, literally screaming. And that character, it's really easy to fall into the trap with that character of playing her or, or to playing them super um, one dimensional. Mm -hmm. And to to be in a space where I had to like dig into the marrow of emotion and to know that I actually possess that skill. Cause you know that in theory, but in actual practice, what does that look like? Cause you're not, that's not what you're doing often. And so to, that was one of the, to be able to walk out on the other side of that experience and be like, yo, I actually did some stuff. 
<laughs> that was real cool. Later, I got to go to LA and I did a show called Songs for a New World, uh, which is a song cycle. And a song cycle is basically a, a musical with no plot, no dialogue, and none of the songs like really fit together. Mm-hmm. But it's loose enough so that you can create without much effort a storyline. Got it. They decided to set it on 9-11. Right. And my character dies in uh, the tower. Gets stuck in the tower and is inside the tower when the towers collapse. And... This this music from the song song cycle within the, the musical theater ethos is quite famous, and so the tune that I uh, that everybody in a mama sings, and it's like the first tune that you learn as a musical theater contemporary tenor called King of the World, and to have to do something that you've been doing for a decade or two, and to be <laughs> to put yourself in a space where it has to be super super heightened because I had to um, that song happened when I realized that. The planes have crashed into the tower and I'm trying to find my way out, but I can't get down because the stairwell is cut off. Take something that is so in you and and muscle memory and have to like go to a completely different face, like place all the way left field. Of course. um, Was really cool. It's probably the most emotionally exhausting role that I have ever ever done dying on stage is exhausting (laughs) it is so awful (laughs) i mean i i I would say dying in general is not generally it's pretty awful top top 10 i don't top 10 i don't really want to i don't you know i always call it emotional residue there's always emotional residue that's left over from uh when you finish a show that night and to be doing a, a role where it's just in from zero to 60 and gets so heavy it's a lot to maintain on your uh mental health and your emotional health space but it was some of the it is the most gratifying piece that i've done outside of some other things that i did but i don't consider those necessarily from like an acting standpoint more from a performer standpoint so uh, that is the long-winded monologue of that question (laughs) and cut we're gonna be having refreshments in the uh, foyer and we will resume thank you can i get a touch up on this (laughs) (laughs) well you know and that actually leads me in to because i i have a few questions but Mm. is it easier when you are on stage to play a character or be yourself, to play yourself. Be yourself, yourself. 150,000%. Really? It is really difficult to be yourself on stage because A, from a psychological aspect, like when you are on stage, you are vulnerable and you are are exposed. Even though there's like, ooh, the energy from the audience or the, the you can hide behind a character, but regardless of what it is, it, it, you are exposed. Mm-hmm. And to expose yourself everything that is you is a lot and oftentimes people tend to not even be their full selves but a part of themselves and then they heighten it and that is what they do on stage so you end up still having to play a character to protect yourself you know what i mean i do but even even if you look at like other podcasters or even youtubers they they have their like normal voice and then they have their guys we're on and this is what we're doing today hey guys welcome back to my channel like that kind of energy right that that kind of energy and that kind of transformation you know that they don't actually maintain that in real life but they are heightening a specific character character trait that they have right and so when i have to be myself i'm a hundred percent only a part of myself and i i don't think that i would want 
to completely be like I wouldn't want to do a show about me and I would play me. That's a lot. It is. That's a whole. We, we, we'd have to That's cast like three different people to play you. It's it's. Oh my God, help! You know, the, and this is something where obviously I bow to your experience as far as for being in the performing arts field. This is what you do. This is your bread and butter. I mm -hmm. would only go as far as saying I've dabbled into the story of performing uh, improv theater, theater sports, voice or method acting. Call from the recruiter. So you're aware that they're gonna tear this up as soon as they see it, right? What? Your your resume, you know they're going to tear this up when they see it. Oh, okay. Um, what makes you say that? I mean, I, I don't know too much about the client. It is Debbie's client, but, you know, just to... Oh, I'm so sorry. My allergies are really, like, kicking up today, bro. That sorry as well. that. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> I thought I heard something, but I wasn't sure. The The thing is that I I realized that it is it is emotionally naked when you are on stage, when you're performing. I mm -hmm. listen to a lot of comedy. I obviously am a, in so many words, performer, writer myself. And what I find in your work is people get to know you through your work, but it is literally your life. Yes. So when you're playing a different character, this character may be based on some very stretched actual events. And there was some, you know, some churning, some dramatization, and you have a caricature, as you were um, explaining, of that particular typecasted experience. Now, when you are you, and you make a joke, mm -hmm. or you you explain to somebody a relationship or experience that you've had, that actually happened, and you're telling the entire world oh, yeah. that experience. This could be a relationship, it could be a teacher, it could be a, an ex, or you know good or bad you people are now going to resonate with that uh piece and only maybe recognize you just for that piece of content and not realize the multi-faceted and even with this this trying to get this topic i mean you do so many things and you're known for so many things it's very hard to say oh, stop it. <laughs> we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna talk about this because we could literally just do one episode just on acting or your yeah. choreography or your singing i mean these are literally i mean folks we're talking years and years and years of experiences kenan's got all kinds of stuff that he's working on uh past hopefully present that we'll be able to touch on too but is that accurate would you would you feel there's a better assessment when you are on stage does it feel like being naked does it feel like you you have this intimacy yes and no. When I when I was training, I had this wonderful acting teacher who you basically are recalling emotions when you're playing a character that is even a character that is completely different than you. Right. As you're going through, you're breaking down the piece, you're attempting to find something emotional that comes close that you can draw on and use that as fuel so that then you you kind of have your foundation from there and and you can express whatever emotion that character is going through when you have to do it through yourself there is something oh my gosh it is like being naked but unless you're like really it's it's not being naked it's like wearing a sheer a shirt or a sheer article of clothing where okay. if you're not looking 
If the audience isn't looking at just the right angle, you're not necessarily sure that I'm naked. The emperor's new clothes. Yes, especially, but the reverse, because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's easier to hide the fact that you're naked in a song because every I can write about a topic and I can be as explicit as I want to. The audience will take whatever it is and they will always insert themselves into the piece. And it is not until a little bit after that, in most cases, that, that the audience then goes, hold on a second. <laughs> what are you going through in your whole existence? Right. This um, is a little too, this is a little this too a little close too, to the belt here. But still, no, the, the, what I have learned over the years is that no matter how vulnerable I am, uh, particularly if I have healed or am healing from an event, no matter how vulnerable I am, the thing that I still get to keep is the depth of that hurt and impact of that hurt or, or a situation, even if it's not a, a negative situation that I'm writing about. And so I feel I've kind of come to understand that there's still a separation where I still maintain my privacy and I still maintain that boundary and everybody isn't getting everything, even if I'm sharing and I'm telling you like how awful or how wonderful something was, there's still a part of that that is mine. I don't feel completely naked and I don't feel completely exposed, but that's also just me and I'm a crazy person. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, no, and and I like, you know, as as a creative, and this is what's great about, I want to say, Kenan and I, the the you know, fifteen years, uh, and, and and probably and longer counting. at this point, right? Mm-hmm. That as creatives, you're going to have different perceptions of the same thing. That's what creates yeah. different pieces of art, different tellings. I mean, even when you look at different characters and you do a dissection of a character, I mean, they've done that with Into the Woods. That mm-hmm. was a completely different perspective of something that we have, I want to say safely of all known to be and exist. And then you have completely different takes on that, uh, you know, as Disney goes on and they, uh, yeah. they do those real big character study pieces where they're almost creating different stories, but yet it's for the same person around the same yeah. vehicles. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and to be able to experience that and then, you know, in 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 theater sports uh, and improv acting, what is great is you can have a scene mm-hmm. that could be going through in a scenario and then all of a sudden freeze. Yes. Okay, do it like a black and white crime thriller. And then the tone changes, but the story still kind of remains intact. But now you're looking at it through the lens of that. Freeze. Now we're going to do it as a musical. And then you see it through the lens of that. And (laughs) I find that to be not only the most exhaustive (laughs) practice um, as an individual, (laughs) because you are you are stretching your entire being. Yes. But you are stretching your entire being and it makes you stretch into things that as a creative and as a performer and as an artist, yeah, you would not normally do. And then you go, Hey, I did this. And not only that, I may actually like that type of performance. I may, I may yeah. enjoy that aspect of, you know, maybe jumping from genre to genre, theme to yeah. theme, or hey, this opens me up to new experiences for maybe kind of needs a couple of drinks before he starts painting to see where oh, his God. next talent is God, going listen, to be. <laughs> I, did, I did one of those sipping paints and it sat right on my wall and I don't, even, I don't even care if it looks like a sixth grader painted it. I'm so proud of this thing. There you go. Paint made it to the wall and it's framed and we're golden. That's, that's all that matters, right? 
Yeah. But I, I also think that being a creative, you know, you and I talk often about how I am so such an advocate for for positive mental health spaces and healthy mental health habits. And I think being a creative individual really forces you to look at yourself because you are the lens that is is being refracted. And so oftentimes when you find that you're having blocks, those blocks are in direct correlation with your mental or emotional health space. And it is so eye-opening as you, for example, as an actor, as you are digging deep and trying to access new emotions for the character, you find spaces that you are uncomfortable with showcasing yourself, which often are the emotions that you are having a hard time conveying on stage. Mm -hmm. Or in the opposite space, sometimes there are people who are able to just let it all out on stage and that's really wonderful and and they have either done the work and and they are comfortable accessing that space or they are <laughs> the opposite and everything is just a floodgate and here we go <laughs> in real life and i love that in both the sphere of the creative and as a reflection of our society art literally is showcasing where we are that is so cool to me it is so well, cool I feel that the art is as expressive and responsive as the problematic nature of the culture and society that you're in. Yeah. And it allows you that dissection that may not have been comfortable prior to it happening. But again, it, it allows that creative and critical lens. Oh, yeah. And you get to do a deep dive into something, you know, not not to rip anybody off, but to go where no man has ever gone before, but to go <laughs> where no actor or no creative or no yeah. talent has gone before. I mean, Hamilton was such a big deal. Why? Oh, yeah. You know, and it was like, well, we've had those aspects of performance, little factors that were just collected here. And it's like, well, gee, why didn't we do that before? You know, th right. this has literally been there right. and it's amazing. You know, it's uh, it's like ingredients that you had in your cupboard. Mm -hmm. let's, let, let's mix this up because this is all I have. Right. You are intentionally and actively testing collaborations, <laughs> uh, creative yeah. artistic collaborations together for these ingredients to see what actually comes about. Is this something mm -hmm. that could be an amazing Asian fusion type uh, <laughs> food. I'm sorry. That's what happens when you're hungry. Everything ends oh, up being right. food. <laughs> that. You know, uh, that's, that's how it works. Just to, just to kind of jump off of that notion that you have as far as for people dealing with either their feelings or owning just the situation, good or bad. Now, specifically, as an actor, you know, obviously you're going to get bad reviews. There's going to be bad shows. You're not going to get the parts once you audition, even if you think that it went well, maybe it did. You know, you don't really know what's in the mind of the director or mm -hmm. the CD or, or anything like that. Even these are all commonplace for working actors, talent performers. What have you found successful yourself throughout the years to sort of cope pull yourself together, keep on moving after these type of situations or events? Um, I, I have always adopted a very George Foreman grill philosophy to auditioning. You drain all your I, fat? I, I sure do. But um, <laughs> um, I said it and forget it. I cannot put all of my eggs into 
one basket. I've had to come to a place of confidence in myself through various methods of therapy and also making sure that I am doing the work. A no is not going to define me. That's not me. I can't I can't allow that to happen. I also am a very strong-willed individual. Yes, and I'm he like, is. well, if you don't if you're <laughs> not going to give me an opportunity, I will create an opportunity for myself. When you make art your profession, you can lose sight of what you started doing this for in the first place. Sometimes you're sat and you're like, y'all, this show is bad. <laughs> this show is really bad. Or, ooh, I really hate the people that I work with. But you, you smile and you stay grateful, but you also, in your spare time and in your free time, have to make sure that you're still creating things that you love and you're still doing things just because you love it and doing it just because you love it, you know? There has to always be that balance or else you get lost in that sauce and you fall out of love with it. Right. Do you have like that creative outlet where once you say, okay, I've done this audition, mm -hmm. I either get the part of it and I don't, mm -hmm. or you oh, have I'm a already, bad show? You walk out of the room and I'm like, that, that was really great. Or that was really bad. I I do that that thing where I keep my phone in my pocket and I record the audition so I can listen to it back because I always want to know what I can improve on for the next time or to hear what worked. I need to be happy with my performance first. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Before any director, any casting director, I have to be happy with it. I had to, I went through and I trashed everything that was in my book. And your, your book is like um, all of your audition material. So every song mm -hmm. that you sang of every genre, I trashed it all and rebuilt that thing from scratch. And I was like, I'm only singing stuff, number one, that I enjoy singing. Because I hate auditioning. It's such a weird space yes. to exist in. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so weird. I just, no thanks. But if I have to do it, I'm going to be as comfortable as possible. So that way, the more comfortable I am, the more that I shine and the more that you see and you can actually decide whether or not you want me for your piece or not. You not wanting me for your piece does not actually like, I'm still dope. Right. You know? And and so I walked out of that, walk out of room and go, cool. Next going on to to the next thing i also when, when we talk about bad shows i find that a bad show for me is a show where i am not invested in what i'm doing on stage the audience should definitely feed you and you know there's nothing more arduous than performing for an audience that thinks that they're watching YouTube. <laughs> but my, my teacher always was like, if you have time to worry about what the audience is doing, then that means that you're not attempting to emotionally connect to the material. You're not making sure that your body is not tense or tensed in the right places because of whatever it is that you're doing. You're not listening to your scene partners. You're not actually creating the world around you. If you're doing all of those things, you don't have time to worry about what the audience is doing. And I definitely took that to heart. Um, and so no matter what gig I'm doing, if we're in it, my job is to create a world and to make you believe that this world that I've created exists. I was a headliner for Celebrity Cruise Line, and, and it's not the, it's the furthest thing from musical theater, the show that I was doing. And it, it actually resembles more of like a pop concert where I'm jumping up and down and dancing. But the premise is basically I am a superstar. And so you need to feel like you're going to this bomb concert. You know what I'm saying? I need to highlight the bits of myself and magnify them so that you get that personality. And I'm dancing and hollering at the same time. I don't have time to really 
pay attention to the audience that like the fact that I hit this high note today. Nah, because I got 15,000 other things that need to happen. <laughs> I need to make sure I'm on top of my breath support. Am I breathing correctly? Yes. Am I? How tired am I? Do I need to be conserving? Can I smash it harder? Are the people on stage with me? exhausted and where are they emotionally because as the headliner if the people if the dancers that i'm dancing with and the band that i'm playing with is not connected then the show is going to fail so if they're struggling then i have to make sure that i throw that much more energy on them to bolster them and give them that little extra push you have to set the standard and even when you're in an ensemble piece within reason because you know there's uh, there's that thing that happens sometimes where people are doing too much and then you stick out in a moment that you're not supposed to you really have to be aware of the energy on stage you know and so i i find that the days that i am just really really distracted and i haven't grounded myself or i i've fallen into that trap of i don't feel like doing this and i've been saying that all day and i'm bringing that on stage and those are the shows where i'm like all right okay, mr butler i need you to uh not do that again <laughs> <laughs> right whatever whatever you need to do you need to go in the corner and pray tonight and work out your your frustrations whatever it is that you need to do healthily to make sure that you can come back for the next show and reconnect is whatever you need right. to do you know what i mean and i and also giving myself forgiveness for mistakes that i make on stage because i don't have to be perfect I just, I have to, I strive for perfection and I am an insane perfectionist, but I don't have to be perfect. Right. Because the audience ain't gonna know that what matters most is if they walk out of that room entertained or fulfilled or moved. That's the most important thing. Well, you know, that's when you yell from the stage, are you not entertained? <laughs> and then, then, then they have to, they have to give you your, you know, right. Your I've always really related it to it you are only as good as your supporting cast yes any time that i've ever been and and you know this is i'm nowhere near where kenny is ladies and gentlemen as far as for performances but in the smaller Not yet. Uh, well you know we keep doing this it's it's you know <laughs> gonna be a thing um when you have somebody who is just not connecting well it's kind mm. of your it, that is you are only as good as your weakest link. And in your performance, if you feel that somebody's kind of, you know, for whatever reason, good or bad, maybe it's just somebody who was miscasted. Uh, maybe it's just somebody, like you said, they're having a bad day. Not everybody's going to be in the perfect frame of mind. And when you have all these high energy creatives all in the same space, mm -hmm. things go down, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, you support them the best way that you can so that oh yes you don't need to be the michael jordan you know and, and be iconic where nobody else really knew besides two or three other names on that team who it is you kind of want to be we did well but, and but the thing is is that michael michael jordan is greatest of all time period <laughs> amen but but he still is a part of a team yes and they still rely on each other you know what I'm saying? Agreed. When you're out there, it um you you are Michael Jordan, the persona where you're not on the court, but when you're on the court, you're a Chicago Bull. Right. And that and that's what you're doing. That performance is the Bulls yeah. have to do well. And in yes. the performance, as far as for improv, look, you can't I wish you could control a little bit better the suggestions because sometimes <laughs> it's like, yeah, do that. You're like, really? How? Like right. there's there's you know but 
but that is why that is what is beautiful about the people on this planet because we are all different and we all come from a different perspective and so yes, sir. a topic that may be difficult for you to initiate an improv may not be difficult or maybe it, it is completely trash but there's somebody on the team that goes oh i found a way to get us out of this right you, you know what i'm saying right uh there's something so beautiful in the collaborative process i love it i love a good collaborative process as much as i love a thanksgiving dinner <laughs> i see the food is rubbing off on you as well <laughs> <laughs> well you know and and talking about that you know, what has been because I feel that this is really something that you remember and it's and it is mm -hmm. a similar way as far as a you know a bad review or a bad show. What is your first really memorable, like worst performance either that you gave or just that was worst received? Were you just outright bombs terribly? Like what what did what was it? What did you feel? What did you oh. learn? I, every, every other audition that I did from 18 until 22 Ooh. was awful. Ooh. Every other one. But this is, it's so interesting. This is such a, it's a formulative space, right? Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about unlearning because you have to unlearn some of the stuff that was put upon you and unlearn some of the stuff that you put upon yourself. I then get music nerd here. Not that that matters or that anybody understands it, but here we go. No. Oh, no, I don't know why um, you've been bringing it up. I mean, you know, but, but like I used to get really nervous to a point where like half of my register would be cut off. I couldn't sing over a G. It's embarrassing. Embarrassing. And I, I remember being like, well, I'm just going to go to these dance calls because I feel so much more comfortable. But it's because I felt like I had a lot less to lose and I'm trying to fight for control. And then I let the anxiety take over. Oh, right. bad. But I remember I went in and I sang Gnarls Barkley Crazy. I ain't seen that in my sleep now. But I put the <laughs> whole thing in my head voice because I was so nervous. And the guy was like, so the next time <laughs> you might want to consider... Ooh. A new key or a new song? And I was Oof. like, Colton, thanks for your time. <laughs> thanks, sorry. It was nothing. What do you do? There's it was nothing awful. you can say to awful. that. Yeah. But you, uh, I'm glad that I went through it. You, I had to, I had to learn, and now I'm at a place where right. I still get nervous before auditions. But I get nervous, and then I go, I don't feel like it, and then I go, Well, Jesus, it's just you and me, and uh, I'm finna go in here, and we gonna we gonna sing. I just like to sing, so Jesus take the wheel because I can't afford a Tesla. Jesus take. Look, okay. <laughs> These Teslas are expensive. Uh, Elon hasn't brought it down. Right. Jesus, uh, I, I, I need you to give me a hand here. I need you to give me a hand <laughs> so, here. So, your, your, what, what was you like your first like that you could remember if you were picking the very first time that you it really stuck out that I bombed? Yeah. Uh, the, when I sang Gnarls Barkley Crazy, it was oh, awful. Oh. It was awful, awful, gutter trash. <laughs> yeah. it, it sound, um, I mean, it just sounds like with the overall, he didn't sound happy. That, that's all he, I could say. Because it wasn't good. <laughs> I, I, it that's was what I'm saying, though. It was. Trash, it's one of those, bro. Yeah. It was. It, it was. It was like American Idol reject bad. It was so bad. Mm. It was so bad. 
But I, I was, but I was afraid of my voice still as well. Right. All of these things happen. And I think now there are moments where I will have auditions and they are nowhere near perfect, but I'm not looking to be perfect in the way that I sound. How did I perform? Right. Is, is what I'm, oh, how do I, how do I come across? Because I've learned that the audience can forgive a couple of bum notes if you are like making them come on this journey with you, if you are so invested and so connected to what it is that you are doing and saying, people can't stop watching you. And right. so a, a bum note here and there is not, now we shouldn't be doing that, but a bum note here and there is not going to prevent you from getting a call back or booking the job right. at all. And so I am less likely, I think now, to feel like I've had bad performances, even when I have to, I know good and well, I'm having, I'm going to go out here and sing this B show because my voice is tired, but I'm still a hundred, if not, uh, if not a hundred percent, a hundred and seventeen thousand percent invested and even more so because I know that I can't do what I normally do vocally. Mm-hmm. And so the audience will always still be like, that was so great. It was so amazing. And I'm like, oh, child, if you only knew what it actually is. Right. <laughs> right. right. The, the prayer. The chaos brewing Ooh. in the head right now. The you palpitation know. of sweat. You have no, have idea, no but idea. Thank you. Please pay and please come again right. because I need work. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and, and even with that. So when you have folks that are just starting out. Mm. Maybe they're discouraged from recent events, you know, kind of going mm. on. Maybe even unbalanced opinions that hold them back artistically or being able to be true to themselves or, or, yeah. or their creative calling. Or, you know, maybe they're really good. Maybe they are talented. They just haven't broken through that that mainstream tide yet to, to share their what it is that they do and their talents with, you know, the masses. For those that are in the audience listening right now, that this is probably all too true for them. And, and yeah. you know, they're probably even looking up to you and your accomplishments as they're listening. Oh, dear. As I'm sure there's so many folks that obviously know Kenny that are, you know, going to be listening to this. Yeah. What would you what would you say to these people? What would you say to these individuals as oh words of encouragement God. to follow through to 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 tread on until they can break through to that success point if you could? When I was starting out, I hated the phrase trust the process because I don't like things that just feel generic and arbitrary and slapped on in like a band-aid statement so that you should feel better. But I've been doing this for 14, 15 years now. And I wish that I had trusted the process and the process being (laughs) showing up and sounding real trash at that audition because it definitely pushed me to uh, get comfortable in my instrument so that I didn't have to experience that again. And um, trust in the journey of unlearning things that I was taught in university because there is a big difference between going to school for musical theater and being a working professional. It is a completely different experience and people expect you to know who it is that you are, know what it is that you bring to the table and expect you to be comfortable in your skin. And, you know, that is not always realistic, especially when you're just graduating or you're just starting out or or when you're younger. But all of those things come to you over time and there's a bunch of crazy stuff that has to happen to you and around you before you can arrive at a place of understanding of self and understanding of your art and how you exist in it and that is the process and in all things that happen good and bad 
they're all being done to prepare you and we can learn from all things is why I don't I'm very much like I don't have regrets because I, if I had a regret that means I did something in vain and there's nothing that happened that is in vain now would I do it again probably not but I think that mistakes and bombing are equally as valuable as our successes and triumphs they help show you who you are and what it is that you do and give you a better understanding of those things so I just say trust the process Trust yourself, know yourself, and at the end of the day, find your way to base your self-worth internally as opposed to the external validation that you get from people being like, oh my God, you could really sing or booking that job or, and, and whatever, whatever, whatever. The lifestyle of the artist is grueling and exhausting. And especially when you're living in like New York or LA, it can chip away at your whole spirit. That is all the more reason that you have to have a solid foundation of self and self-love and self-care. So trust in that process and love on yourself. I agree. I, 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 my, <laughs> mic drop, yes. Mic drop ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is so like refreshing to just hear basically stay the course. So like, look, stuff's going to happen. And I feel that. And the reason why I ask, mm -hmm. and, and even the topic, I mean, yeah. look, becoming the music, that's really what I've known for you to be. There's a difference between singing yeah learning music and then just embodying music and mm -hmm. i mean you couldn't have said it any more clear you know there is a difference between learning music and being music you just have to have that you have to hear you have to listen and tap into that mm -hmm. the vibrations really of not only your voice absolutely but acoustically what comes out that other people do enjoy listening to or hearing yeah but overall there is a process there's a methodology yeah there is and you know some of these these people that we look up to they didn't even catch they quote-unquote big break way later yeah, and they on. were working yep. but they didn't catch their yep. big break until they were older and some of these kids you know got it when they were like 14 weeks old but whatever it's really easy to get swept up in all of that but you have to trust your journey and trust your process where are you going and what it is that you do because you're not them you're never going to be them so why compare yourself to them well speaking of process what can we expect from you mm. ken and butler in the next six months you get any any releases you got future gigs oh my what's God. going on man come on now I we gotta know the fans gotta know oh oh my god i <laughs> am uh i uh i'm editing right now and so uh my brother-in-law is a twitch streamer and so i am editing his streams and just finished actually the first episode yesterday uh, yesterday was monday yes, all day. yesterday <laughs> all day who knew and uh so my editing skills were approved and so i'm excited to be doing that and this coming thursday i will be shooting a music video i'm in the middle of uh production for my uh next ep which will be really fun Ooh. um yeah i say i'm only gonna say one right now because i'm in pre-production for a second one uh because you know cray cray and yes. artistry and you you roll with it when it happens and so i'm, I'm doing that and uh i am 
um, attempting. I got some other little, little projects a brewing, hopefully in the musical theater realm. And um, hopefully I will start writing musical theater pieces, which will be really nice. But I don't know if that'll happen in the next six months. But you know what? You don't ever know. If 2020 has taught us anything or reminded us of anything is that we don't actually know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> or how much I value so the, sleep. <laughs> that part. Uh, <laughs> all 100%. Can we just, can you, in post, can you just play that back, please? Editor note. <laughs> um, so, so those are the, editor note. So those are the things that I, uh, I'm I'm working on right now. That's awesome, man. And I'm trying to get uh my Japanese rebooted and uh learn Spanish because I want to have Spanish. I want to be able to speak Spanish in the next year and a half. So I've got some work ahead. Of He's me. trying to take on Shakira's position. He, he wants to do that. Hips don't lie. So mm, no, but my hips do lie. <laughs> and so I shall not. Cheesecake's a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh my! Don't even. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> Look, somebody yesterday <laughs> had the audacity. Now, I exercise. I, I like being fit and strong. Somebody looks at me and was like, oh, you look like you haven't been to the gym all oh, of quarantine. No. And, I, and the way that I couldn't decide <laughs> oh, if, no. if, if I wanted to curl inside of myself and, like, sit in the shower and, like, unbreak my heart yeah. cry or, like, dark phoenix engulf <laughs> the entire world. I was so all of the you, things. You do both. And also, how dare second, you? Second and then first, man. You know, burning out. Then you need, you know, you got that little ash on you. You need to take a little shower, get the, you know, get a right. get a cleanse. And I can, I'll shed a tear. Just a small You one. know? No, the, ladies and gentlemen, this man is like, I, I joke all the time. He now, as of this recording, has red dreads. I call him the black Aquaman because literally... <laughs> This is what it, Jason Momoa. You, you you better watch out. This is this is what the recast hey. is going to be. But you know you can find Kenan all over social media, YouTube, yeah. iTunes, wherever. Just just search for Kenan Butler or Kenan Butler Music. K E N N E N B U T L E R Music. Check out his site directly, KenanButler.com. Thanks for taking the time to stop in today and being a part of the podcast, my good sir. It it, it really means a lot. Thank you. It's so wonderful, and thank you for fifteen plus years of greatness. You wonderful human. Oh, you. Thank you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. The Mike Tech Studios podcast, your source for design, entertainment, marketing conversations, and content. Amazing guests, tips, humor, and stories available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and your podcast app of choice. This has been a Mike Tech Studios production.